Which disease encompasses more than 100 different types of cancer and is a malignant growth of the very fibers that connect us? The answer is sarcoma. Sarcomas are formed by the malignant growth of connective tissue. They encompass a heterogeneous group of cancers. However, they are very rare. In fact, sarcoma is often called the forgotten cancer because of its rarity. Because of this, clinicians often miss the early signs of sarcoma, which can delay diagnosis and treatment. Today, our patient has sarcoma, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by medical residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is titled, Bad Connection, an Approach to Sarcoma. Connective tissues, also known as mesenchymal tissues, are the tissues that support, protect, and give structure to the organs of our body. They include muscle, bone, cartilage, and fat. They are embryological derivatives of the mesoderm. The major cell types that comprise connective tissue are fibroblasts, which form sheaths, fascia, tendons, and ligaments, mesothelium, which form peritoneal and synovial cavities, adipocytes for lipid storage, myoblasts, which form muscle, chondroblasts, which form cartilage, and osteoblasts, which form bone. Sarcomas are solid tumors that may arise from uncontrolled growth of these cells. Each type of sarcoma is named after the tissue from which the cancer may form. For example, osteosarcoma forms in bone, liposarcoma from fat, and leomyosarcoma from smooth muscle. One way to organize sarcomas is into three categories, gastrointestinal stromal tumors, or GIST, soft tissue sarcomas, and bone sarcomas. GISTs, or G-I-S-T-S, arrive from the interstitial cells of Kajal, pacemaker cells located within the smooth muscle layers of the gastrointestinal tract that are important for peristalsis. GISTs are the most common sarcoma in the GI tract, developing more commonly in the stomach and small intestine because of activating mutations in genes encoding receptor protein tyrosine kinases. Occasionally, they are linked to syndromes such as neurofibromatosis 1, Carney's triad, and Carney straticus syndrome. Usually, they present de novo. Soft tissue sarcomas encompass over 80 distinct entities. The most common types of soft tissue sarcomas in adults are liposarcomas and leomyosarcomas. Osteosarcoma, a malignant proliferation of osteoblasts, is the most common bone sarcoma. Risk factors for osteosarcoma include familial retinoblastoma, Paget's disease, and radiation exposure. Ewing sarcoma, a malignant proliferation of neuroectoderm cells, arises from a characteristic T11 22 genetic translocation. Osteosarcoma and Ewing sarcoma have relatively high incidence in the second decade of life, occurring with highest frequency during times of growth spurts. The presentation of sarcoma depends greatly on the location of the malignant growth. Most present as an unusual growth that the patient notices developing slowly over time. While presentations can vary, overall points in the patient's history that should raise suspicion for sarcoma include slowly growing painful or painless masses or lumps, distal neurovascular compromise, 
size greater than 5 cm, and location deep to the muscle fascia. For all new growths, it is important to clarify the timing and location of onset, impact on function, and the patient's overall functional status, potential sites of metastases, and the patient's other comorbidities. GISTs, or G-I-S-T-S, present asymptomatically in almost 20% of patients, especially in cases of smaller tumors of the intestinal tract. In fact, tumors are usually found incidentally on abdominal CT scans during endoscopy or other surgical procedures. When patients do have symptoms, they may present with nausea, vomiting, early ascite, abdominal pain, or distension. Occasionally, tumors may cause obstruction of the gastrointestinal tract, and rarely, perforated tumors can present with peritonitis or gastrointestinal bleeding. Remember, it's always important to stabilize your patient prior to continuing on with your assessment. Soft tissue sarcomas most commonly present as an asymptomatic mass. The size at presentation usually depends on the location of the tumor. Tumors in the extremities are identified earlier and therefore tend to be smaller at presentation, while those in the retroperitoneum or trunk can become large before they are found. Bone sarcomas can present as persistent and progressive non-mechanical bone pain, which might occur predominantly at night. Swelling and functional impairment can occur if the tumor has progressed through the cortex of the bone and distended into the periosteum, but these are often later signs. In general, osteosarcomas arise in the metaphyse of long bones and present as pathologic fractures or bone pain and swelling. Imaging may reveal a destructive mass with sunburst appearance lifting the periosteum, a Codman triangle. Ewing sarcoma appear as onion skin on x-ray, which can be confused with a lymphoma or chronic osteomyelitis. Kaposi's sarcoma will not be discussed in detail here, given its unique pathogenesis and treatment. Briefly, it is an AIDS-defining malignancy caused by human herpivirus 8 that presents with purple patches or nodules on the skin. Treatment typically starts with HIV antiretroviral therapy, radiation therapy for localized disease, or chemotherapy, usually anthracycline or platinum-based, for advanced disease. Given the rarity and complexity of these cancers, the approach to sarcoma diagnosis and management is unique when compared to other, more common tumor sites, for example, lung. Diagnosis and treatment planning must occur at a specialty referral center. Pathologists and radiologists with specialized sarcoma training are needed to accurately diagnose the disease, and all patients who are diagnosed are presented at a multidisciplinary cancer conference with specialist medical, surgical, orthopedic, and radiation oncologists to plan treatment. Most sarcomas have no unifying staging system. However, most systems include cross-sectional imaging, usually with contrast CT or MRI, to determine primary tumor burden and identify metastases. Then, tumor biopsy and molecular analysis guide systemic treatment. The method of biopsy differs by the location of the tumor. Peripheral soft tissue sarcomas can often be resected superficially, while GISTs or GISTs require endoscopy, and bone sarcomas tend to require a more invasive surgical resection. Important prognostic factors generally include tumor size, site, resectability, the presence of metastases, and the quality of surgical margins. 
Others include mitotic rate and the presence of certain genetic mutations, such as TP53, which is a poor prognostic factor in bone and soft tissue sarcoma. Overall, sarcomas tend to develop slowly and metastasize late in the course of the disease. When they metastasize, the most common site is the lungs. Overall, prognosis tends to have a U-shaped distribution, in which life expectancy is greater for those who are very young or very old, with poor prognoses among teenagers and young adults. Treatment varies but follows these general principles. Complete surgical excision is standard of care for localized disease. Adjuvant and neoadjuvant chemotherapy is an option for local regional disease. And metastatic disease is treated systemically, with certain metastases being amenable to resection. There are limited situations in which sarcoma patients will receive systemic therapy. In general, patients with grade 3 disease and above are considered for systemic therapy. Ewing sarcoma, osteosarcoma, and rhabdomyosarcoma are almost always considered for systemic treatment. Osteosarcoma typically receives neoadjuvant chemotherapy and synovial sarcoma, leomyosarcoma, and liposarcoma typically receive adjuvant treatment, at least. Other pearls of treatment include the following. Amantinib is a systemic, standard treatment used in GIST. Imantinib is a tyrosine kinase inhibitor that is known for its efficacy in chronic myeloid leukemia. Adjuvant imantinib is a standard for localized GIST with high risk of relapse, and imantinib alone is used for first-line locally advanced inoperable and metastatic disease. Metastatic treatment is continued indefinitely unless there is intolerance, as GISTs can progress rapidly once treatment is discontinued. Rechallenge with imantinib or continuation beyond progression is also an option. If a patient progresses on imantinib, a higher dose can be used. This is a unique approach. In other types of cancer, progression while receiving systemic treatment necessitates a change in regimen. Alternative tyrosine kinase inhibitors can be used for GISTs with certain mutations. Sometimes, GISTs exhibit a treatment response known as pseudoprogression, in which systemic treatment causes tumor inflammation, swelling, and an increase in size. Therefore, occasionally, growth of the tumor on follow-up imaging may indicate treatment effect, not failure. This requires a specialist to assess and diagnose, but if the tumor increases in size but decreases in density, this may represent tumor necrosis and treatment effect, not progression. In soft tissue sarcoma, local or local regional disease is typically treated with surgical resection and consideration for radiotherapy. Adjuvant and neoadjuvant systemic therapy, as well as systemic therapy for advanced disease, is typically chemotherapy-based, with anthracyclines plus or minus iphosphamide usually being first line. Interestingly, lung metastases can be resected if they present after one or more years of being disease-free, and complete excision is feasible. Treatment of bone sarcoma differs greatly based on the cancer type. Low-grade osteosarcoma can be treated with surgery alone, while high-grade requires chemotherapy. In Ewing sarcoma, adjuvant radiotherapy is used for difficult-to-excise lesions, and chemotherapy is used for relapses. Across all types of sarcoma, the optimal follow-up schedule and duration is unclear. In general, patients at high risk for relapse should be followed with physical examination and cross-sectional imaging. 
a common approach is to follow those with high-risk tumors at regular intervals that progressively decrease in frequency. For example, three-monthly, and then six-monthly, then yearly, and so on. 3D imaging is an important part of surveillance as it helps identify oligometastatic disease, for example, to the lung, that could be surgically resected. The introduction of targeted therapies has revolutionized care for locally advanced and metastatic GIST. A landmark trial in 2002 by Dimitri et al. found that imantinib induced a sustained objective response in more than half of patients with advanced GISTs. A follow-up survival study published in 2008 by the same group found that nearly half of these patients survived for more than five years. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Bad Connection, an Approach to Sarcoma. This episode was written by Dr. Meg Smith-Ufen, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Richard Tozer, medical oncologist, and Dr. John Neary, general internist. The internet work was created and produced by Alison Lai, alongside executive producers Zara Morali and Leah Karanopoulos. This podcast was produced and recorded by Zara Morali. Theme song by Laxman's of Anthem Ohan. If you liked this podcast, please like and subscribe at wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.